brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Browns fans, we've had some time now to come down off of that playoff loss. It's still super disappointing, but it was still an incredible season. And now we're heading into 2024, into the offseason, ready to refocus our sights on the ultimate goal. And as 2024 continues to unfold for you, now is the perfect time to refocus on yourself. And that includes your mental health. Yes, I know there is still some stigma in society around mental health, but that is all nonsense. Your health, whether it's mind, body, or spiritual, is the most important thing. And that's where today's sponsor, BetterHelp, the most convenient talk therapy service can benefit you. It's 100% online and 100% on your time. Schedule whatever kind of session you're comfortable with, face chat, voice call, or even text messaging. You can do any of those with your therapist whenever it fits your schedule. And you don't have to worry about not getting paired with the best therapist for you. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. There is no reason not to at least give BetterHelp a try today. And to help get you started, you can save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash dogs, D-A-W-G-S. Consider this a trial period to see if talk therapy is even right for you. If it's not, just cancel. But if it is, Guys, it could change your life. What do you have to lose? Your mental health is critical. And if you've been considering talking to someone about anything in your life, no matter how big or how small it may seem, now is the time to take that first step. Head to betterhelp.com slash dogs to get 10% off your first month. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker. Justin Charles, and Josh All. What's up, Browns fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Podcast presented by Omaha Steaks. Josh All with you today, and I've got Derek Frisbee joining me from DF Sports on YouTube. If you guys are new to the channel, new to the podcast at all, Derek has done a lot of content for us for the show over the last year or so. He's put out some great episodes, some great stuff for us. He'll be Planning to join us for, you know, the, the draft coverage again this year. He was with us last year, and if you have if you didn't check out any of his draft prospect profiles last season, man, Derek, I can't wait for you to dive back in and start creating some of that content because those draft profiles. I mean, we learned a lot, and there's a lot of guys in there that are making big splashes in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a lot of guys that I like this year. So, and that's before even doing a deep dive. So, yeah, I'm excited about it as well. I can't wait to hear about it. And of course, we'll be talking about wide receivers a lot with Derek and just on the show in general because we know that's a big need for the Browns. But the main thing we wanted to dive into today, you know, we haven't had Derek on the show for a little bit and just wanted to kind of get his perspective on the wild card game, the way things went down. The season in general, all that kind of good stuff. We've got some news that dropped today uh, regarding some coaching moves that we'll talk about real quick, and then we'll just kind of wrap it up with a little Joe Flacco discussion. And I don't know. I think that's about it. Derek, is it freezing just, you know, balls (laughs) down there? Uh, Yeah, it is. Luckily, I've had two days off work in a row, so I've been able to stay in my cave here. Probably go out (laughs) later tonight, but 
outside of that, I've been I've been staying in, so that's been nice. But yeah, it's freezing. I mean, if the sun were shining, it would be one hundred percent miserable. Instead, it's just like ninety nine percent. It's single digits, wind chill, probably below. I mean, it's it's cold here in in the Northeast Ohio or Central Ohio or wherever you are. I'm sure. So if you're uh, shout out to our Hawaii Browns backers followers out there because you guys have it made. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Which I will be in, in Hawaii. And actually, I'm going to meet Lee Shelko, or at least that's the plan. The president of the Browns Backers Club out in Honolulu. I'm going to meet him in the beginning of March. So I, I will right. be out that way, and hopefully I get to do that. So, Well, if I'm you fine. want to swing by Columbus and kidnap me on your way, that'd be great. Well, I'm kind of going on a honeymoon, so probably not going to be. Oh, well, 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 never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, so why don't why don't we just kick it off? Why don't you tell us, you know, First, let's start with the game. Let's start. You know what? Let me backtrack. Let's not go into the the that stuff yet. Let's talk about the news. Let's just do that up front. Let's talk about the coaching moves and the things that went down today. So it came out early this morning that the Browns have let go running back coach Dump Mitchell, uh, tight end coach, what was it, TC McCartney, and offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt. And then there was a conflicted report that said Alex Van Pelt is still under contract, but his future is being evaluated. So I don't know where you were with all that, but I was sitting around for like four or five hours just wondering, refreshing Twitter, refreshing ESPN, is is Van Pelt gone? Is he here? Like, what is the, the reality? And then it finally was confirmed that Alex Van Pelt is out as the Browns offensive coordinator. So there we go. Mm-hmm. Got some coaching moves rolling in the first week of the offseason. Yeah. Um, this is, I don't know, quickly take it one by one. I, I talked to you right before we hit record. Stump Mitchell. I know he's a he's a fan favorite, right? Show Everybody favorite. loves. Yeah, show favorite. Everybody loves Stump. And I understand, you know, with these position coaches, it's a two to three year window where it's like, okay, you know, you're going to get moved if you don't move up or move down. Like, you're going to get moved. But for Stump, I don't really understand uh, this decision just because, like, the situation you're put in this season, obviously Nick Chubb goes down. You decide to bring in Cream Hunt again. Uh, just a lot of movement at that running back position. And I thought early in the year, Jerome Ford was struggling. Like Jerome Ford could not hit the open hole. His vision was not there. And maybe it's just because we're spoiled with Nick Chubb, who can find something out of nothing. Uh, but Jerome Ford improved. And I think that is uh, obviously... You do to drum for just getting better as a player, but you got to give Stump Mitchell some credit for that. So I don't know. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. And same thing with the tight ends coach. Like these are position coaches. This is not the end of the world. But at the same time, they are people also. And you know, whether it be with the Browns or here in Columbus with the Ohio State assistant coaches getting fired, it sucks because these are people too. And you start to like some of these coaches, and then they're out the door. But uh, it's a business. That's, that's just how it goes. It is a business. And I mean, you know, the, I feel like the initial reaction online, I know Blake posted something on Twitter this morning, like, can everybody just calm down? I, these coaching moves, do, I think Browns fans are so ingrained in the history of just constant turnover, revolving mm-hmm. door in the coaching, the front office, everything that anytime anyone gets fired or let go or moved, you know, within the organization, everybody freaks out like, oh, we're clearing house again. It's back to rebuild like we are just we're we're moving around some coaching pieces specifically geared toward the offense which this season we we saw was an issue and their teams do this every year 
And I was telling somebody today, I said, the good team, every team does this every offseason. Everybody's always making improvements toward the next season. And the good teams have the luxury of waiting until the offseason to make those changes. Not like the Panthers trying to do everything in season because they suck the whole time. <laughs> we were a playoff team. We were number two in the division. We were number five seed. We, were, we had a chance at the one seed for a while there. Like, we're a good team. And we get to make these changes. Now, you know, I was looking at you know, it, it's an unfortunate situation for Stump. We'll just kind of hover on him for a minute because we got to interview Stump Mitchell in person. He's an awesome guy, so much fun. He, you know, gave us VIP passes up to training camp. We got to meet players, and it w- it was such a cool time. And he's a, he's a great guy. But you know, if you just look at the production on the field, and you know, the like you said, the NFL is a business, and it's a what have you done for me lately business, and. You know, Stump's been here five years. He's, he was here in 2020 whenever uh, Kevin came in and Kevin kept him on staff. I think he came in 2019, the year before. And over the last seven games, including the wild card game, the Browns averaged just 77 rushing yards a game. So that's really, really bad. And if you if you look at it, let's see, I, I pulled the stats here over a full season, had the Browns, I mean, that's seven games. 77 rush yards a game. That's by far the lowest in the entire NFL by all teams. Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the entire season were at 88.8 a game. So it, it's, it was just not good. And I do feel like he was dealt a, a nasty hand with the, the Nick Chubb injury. It started week one with Jack Conklin. And then, you know, Jed Wills goes down. Dewan Jones goes down. The offensive line was in shambles. It was held together by glue, duct tape, and, you know, bubble gum. And, yep. <laughs> you know, Jerome Ford, unfortunately, we were hoping we would see more development out of him. But it just it just never felt like he reached that next level of vision or, you know, finding a hole, hitting the hole, making his cuts. He had some nice games where he was saved by some big plays. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Especially going back quickly with that Jets game, right? Jerome Ford had a relatively good game. Was it a lot on the ground? No. Everybody remembers that dump off pass that he took to the house. Like right. I think Jerome Ford is, you know, one thing we gotta learn for next season as far as a role for him, he's not a every down back. No, we said Browns yep. if the Browns need to get another one, then so be it. And just use Jerome Ford in those certain situations. But yeah, he's yeah. a good change of pace get him in there on passing downs because, I mean, he's a heck of a receiving back. He really is. Mm -hmm. The thing is, and I think it was Justin said the other night on our live show, Jerome Ford is incredible when he gets in space, but it's just so freaking hard to get him in space because he he has a hard time finding it. So, you know, it sucks for Stump. We really like Coach Mitchell and, you know, wish him all the best wherever he goes. If you guys haven't seen the interview that we had with him last, I think it was in August, Go check it out. It's on the YouTube channel. Search for it. Awesome guy. Um, don't know a whole lot about T.C. McCartney, the uh, tight end coach, but uh, it's another room where I felt... Uh, now, take David Njoku out of the equation because David Njoku's a freak athlete. He's, what, eight years in the league, seven or eight years. It's it's time. It, it's about time for David Njoku to have his breakout, to be an elite tight end, a superstar type player. And outside of him... Now, I thought Harrison Bryant had a good showing in the wild card game which like thank god it's about time yeah overall <laughs> his development has been very slow for a guy who won the best tight end was it the Mackey Maxi mm-hmm. Mackey award in college it, we were very high on him when he came in and what the hell happened to Jordan Akins this year 
I was so excited when we signed him. I thought he was going to be this under the radar weapon. He's played with Deshaun before. He's a great pass catching tight end and nowhere to be found. What's up, Browns fans in Ohio? If you haven't signed up for Caesar Sportsbook yet, now is the perfect time to do so with the NFL playoffs underway. New customers will get their first bet on Caesars up to $1,000 when signing up with our promo code DOGS1000. That means if your first bet loses, you will get your full wager returned as a bonus bet up to $1,000. Caesars offers daily profit boosts as well as Caesars rewards credits on every wager, which can be redeemed for bonuses, sports tickets, and other VIP experiences. If you're ready to join Caesar Sportsbook, go download the app and register with our promo code DOGS1000 to make sure your first bet is covered. Offer is only available for new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in Ohio. Please gamble responsibly. If you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you can qualify. Yeah, I mean, Harrison Bryant, let's start there. He... It's so funny. I mean, me and my friend Tristan, we were talking about it. It's like, dude, Harrison Bright sucked all year. And then in the one game, the most important game, he decides to play by far his best game as a Cleveland Brown. And it was for nothing. Like, <laughs> I hate to say that, but like, it's just so cool that all year we've been waiting for Harrison Bright to step up and he does. That's like, okay, well, now what? Same thing with Jordan Akins. I mean, I think. I do think he had his moments. Like, if he would be willing to sign a cheap, cheap deal to come back, I'd consider it. I like him a lot. And I think Deshaun, uh, you know, being here for the majority of the season was part of that. But, yeah, I mean, again, another position coach that it's like, okay, outside of David Njoku. Which, by the way, I've been saying this every time I can get a chance to. Currently, I know the season just ended for us. David Njoku is the best tight end in football right now. He's playing <laughs> the best tight end in football. Uh, tell me who's better, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle? No. David Njoku is consistently putting up performances. Hopefully that stretches into next season. Um, but with the new tight ends coach. So, yeah. yeah, with David, we talked about how it was almost, I believe it's almost 70% of his yak, or his uh, receiving yards for the whole season came after the catch. So that's incredible. I, the, the dude is just a monster athlete. And... I don't know if there was anybody more fun to watch this year than David Njoku, honestly, oh. just as a, as an entire body of work. I mean, I could throw on some David Njoku highlights and just get lost in them. Well, dude, the the Jets game, the first drive, it was like third and like 17 or like 20-something. And I'm well, here's a stalled drive. Nope, throw a pass over the middle to Njoku. He just takes it for like 50 yards. I'm like, all right, like, okay. If that's what you're going to do, I'll take it. But he's crazy. He, he's insane. We're he, so lucky to have him. Yeah, we really are. So I, I do think, and I'll get your opinion on this, but, you know, we kind of said before the show, like, did we really need to let Stump Mitchell go understand, you know, the business of the NFL? As soon as I saw that Stump was gone and the tight end coach was gone, and then there were the conflicting reports about, you know, Alex Van Pelt, that I was like, well, I'm pretty sure Alex Van Pelt's gone. Like, I'll wait for the confirmation before I go posting anything or talking about it, but that tells me he's gone because they're moving out positional guys. They're going to bring in a new offensive coordinator. He's going to want, you know, input and specific positional guys around him operating, you know, those different areas of the team. So I I just kind of, 
I felt like that was the writing on the wall. Van Pelt's definitely done and he is gone. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough with AVP because AVP we've been asking since he's come in, like, what do you what do you do? <laughs> I don't mean that in a negative way, but it's like, hey, Kevin Stefanski's your play caller. And you know, AVP was talked about as like quarterback coach slash offensive coordinator. And it was just it was very confusing. And I don't think that's the fault of AVP necessarily, but I think the Browns need to figure out what this role of offensive coordinator is going to be. Because I feel like under AVP, and maybe they do, maybe us as fans, we just didn't know, which is fair. Uh, But whoever this next guy is, I think, A, Deshaun Watson needs to have a big say in it. Because I think whoever they bring in at offensive coordinator needs to be one-on-one in line with Deshaun Watson and goes into these meetings with Stefanski, okay, this is what we're looking at. This is what he does best, and let's go from there. The problem is when you have a position of offensive coordinator, like that's an attractive job, but when you take the play calling out of it, you're essentially just an assistant or your position coach. Like You don't have necessarily the power that you would get um, on another team as an offensive coordinator. So I don't know what the Browns are going to do or how they're going to frame it as far as a job title goes for whoever comes in. Um, but I, I do think that it was time to move on from AVP. I think we need to get somebody who can come in and uh, kind of change this offense up a little bit. Yeah, Obviously, the offseason, we'll see the changes and who we bring in offensively. But... Um, just from a coaching standpoint, I think there needed to be a refresh and a refresh that wasn't just named Kevin Stavansky. Right. Yeah. We uh, had Jake Burns from, um, what's it, OBR. the OBR on YouTube on our show back during the bye week. So this is a long time ago this year. And, you know, we all, me, Blake, and, and Jake were talking about how Kevin needs to get a real offensive guru consultant type of guy in here. Not, not to call plays during the game, but to come up with the script, to come up with the scheme, to come up with the game plan during the week. Now, like you said, we don't know what AVP is doing during the week. But, you know, Kevin's the head coach, so he's got duties beyond offensive coordinator. He can't just dial into that role. Everybody, I feel like everybody assumes, oh, he's calling plays during the game. He's essentially the offensive coordinator. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think you need a guy like AVP. You need somebody in that offensive coordinator role to do the day-to-day to go into the meetings, to meet with the guys, to make sure everybody's clicking, everybody's on, you know, pace, to, you know, work on the game plan, the scheme, the offense, you know, execute this stuff in practice, the concepts, all that stuff I feel like would fall under him. Now, obviously, Kevin's got a hand in that. He's very involved. But Kevin also then has to step away and go talk to special teams and defense and everything else that, you know, head coach their attention requires. So, I, I, I'm with you though. AVP, I don't know if he was that offensive guru money to to be in that position because I, you know, we talked with Jake and he said Kevin runs an antiquated offense. It doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that at this point in history, defensive, you know, coaches and and players have had time to adapt to it. So what the this offensive scheme used to do really really well when it was new can still do well, but you really have to execute it. Otherwise, it's not going to work. And when you've got a whole bunch of backups in there, and it's just not going to get executed. And that's what we saw all season. So they need fresh. They need a fresh mind. They need a fresh take on things. doesn't mean we need to absolutely throw everything out the window and change everything. The offense no. wasn't 
you know, terrible or just, it wasn't what it needs to be. And I think this is a move in that direction. Yeah. And I think there's, you can learn with four, well, five different quarterbacks, you know, over the course of a season, like there's a lot of different things as far as tape, what different guys were doing that you can kind of compile and say, okay, this worked well with you. This worked well with you. And I think the Joe Flacco era, um, you know, obviously we'll talk about it later, but I think there's a lot from that as far as offensive game plan, as far as play calling and just struck the offense that you can take a big chunk of that and put it in this next season and say, okay, this worked with you. Um, let's see it with Deshaun. And I think Deshaun, not to get off on a tangent here, but I think Deshaun and Joe Flacco need to sit down this offseason in a room, in a meeting room, and go over tape. Like Flacco needs to sit there as the veteran and say, okay, this is what I saw. This is what I did here. And I think Deshaun can learn a lot from that. So I think I think he could too. But you know, the way Flacco was turning the ball over, I also think he could probably and a fair Deshaun say, Hey, see what you did here? I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we'll get in we'll get into some Joe Flacco stuff, like I said at the end. Um but I, I feel like there's going to be a shift in the offensive mindset, the offensive scheme for this team. And honestly, with the success that we had throwing the ball and going such you know heavy pass over the back half of the year, kind of shows that we don't need to be that traditional Kevin Stefanski run first, run heavy kind of team that everybody always pigeonholed us as, even though I don't know if we necessarily were that, maybe in the beginning, but I think we've evolved since then. But with Nick Chubb's injury his age you know we gotta is he gonna how's he gonna recover we don't know when's he gonna be recovered we're still not really sure on the timeline and he's got a contract situation so there's so many question marks with Nick Chubb we know Jerome Ford we've already talked about him not the guy to lead the backfield and I think there's gonna be a change in offensive identity I I hope they get some receiving help in here some legitimate playmakers at least one other big big playmaker in here next to Mari Cooper and uh roll this thing back with uh, the air attack. This episode is brought to you by Danger Coffee. So, uh, Browns fans, did you guys all know that 45% of the world's coffee beans contain mold toxins? Because I didn't. And apparently, coffee beans can contain dangerous mold toxins from the way they're grown or stored. Now, don't freak out. Most of that coffee, I, I guess, contains low enough levels of toxins that you probably don't need to be overly concerned. Why even take the risk? Danger Coffee is third-party lab-tested to ensure every coffee bean is free from mold toxins. So you can start your day off right knowing your fresh morning brew is not only delicious, but it's also safe to drink. I start every morning now with my Browns Thermos filled with nice, hot Danger Coffee. And this stuff tastes amazing. I don't, I don't have to worry about any of that mold toxin crap, and I get to enjoy a delicious cup of coffee. Head to DangerCoffee.com and use our code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, for 10% off your order. And that code can be used over and over. So you get 10% off every order with code DOGS at DangerCoffee.com. Yep. Okay, so that was, you know, just the, the news that broke today with the coaches, just kind of our initial takes on that. But what was your, I haven't talked to you since the game. Mm-hmm. Man, what was your what was your reaction? How did you feel after that wild card game? Uh, well, a big factor in this is I had to watch the game at work, so Ew. that was uh, yeah, so you're that already was, in a bad mood, right? Mm-hmm. That was a whole another side of it, but um, for me, it, it, it's just it's so simple because it's like how 
in a team with so much heart, so much fight, so much emotion, uh, you know, after two pick sixes in a row, just absolutely get hammered. Like, and I, I you could say laid down. I don't want to say that personally, but, um, you know, for a team that's dealt with so much adversity all year, you get to a game where obviously it's the most important game of the year, it's the playoffs, and, you know, a little bit of adversity, and it just falls apart. That, that was very concerning for me. I think the fact that this defense, for whatever reason, can play out of their minds at home in Cleveland Browns Stadium. Thank you. And they yes. go go on the road and struggle so much. Like it hasn't been this bad all year on the road, but like Ooh. this is a trend. And why is this a thing? Like why why is your environment so important to how you play defensively? That just makes no sense to me. I don't know. I've seen a lot of people, you know, and, and rightfully so. They they say, Oh, well, the defense, you know, they didn't show up for that playoff game. And my response has for the most part been well, it was a road game. So yeah, of course it didn't show up. I mean, it's just kind of like, like you said, it's been a trend. I mean, we've seen it all year. They've now there's usually always a, a drop off from, you know, a defense to your own performance to your road. But to go from like number one in every statistical category to either 32 or almost 32 in all those categories on the road, what the hell is that? That is insane. And you know, we talked about it, talked about it, said the only game they traveled really well this year was the Houston game, but that was Case Keenum. So let's see. Hopefully they can travel well back to Houston for the playoffs. And it it was just the same old road defense from all year. It's not good. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that was that was rough. I mean, outside of JOK, that whole team was horrible. Um, yeah, I feel like even if like three other guys had the mentality that JOK had in that game, we probably have been okay. But he was the only one. It's the only one. Yeah. Which, by the way, give him a blank check. I don't care what it takes. Keep he him needs, here. He needs to be here for a long time. He's a staple of that defense. Yeah. Absolutely. And then offensively, the, it was so disappointing because, like, the thing with Flacco is, yeah, he turned over the ball, but he always answered. Like, every time he made a mistake, I feel like he always came back with something. Um, And that just didn't happen. Well, th- this game, it just didn't happen. He always came back with something, but remember, those were home games. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? So, we and I use this on the live show, the Chicago game. Well, they they scored, uh, yeah, 17 points against the Browns. The defense only gave up three. Joe Flacco and the offense gave them 14. And so, he had 212 yards in the second half, or the fourth quarter. He had to. He had no choice. Had to do it because we were trying to come back, make sure we could win that game. So... It's, and and we, we've talked a lot about Joe Flacco. I mean, thank you, Joe, for everything you did. You salvaged this season at a point where it seemed impossible for anybody to salvage it. We were, you know, just wallering around with PJ Walker and DTR. And it was, oh my gosh, how am I going to watch, you know, any more of this, this season? And then Flacco came in and caught fire and it turned into a really fun season. Yeah, absolutely, and it, it that that whole story is just crazy. Like we're gonna look back on that in like three to four years and just be like, man, Joe Flacco <laughs> came into Cleveland and uh, you know took the Browns to the playoffs, um, and just the season as a whole. Like the the storyline of the twenty twenty three season for the Cleveland Browns is unreal. 
absolutely unreal. All the really injuries, everything that happened, and even on the bright side, like let's look at it like that too. Look at the who stepped up. Najoku all of a sudden is a top weapon as far as you know targets in the NFL. Um, you know, you had Dewan Jones come in rookie year and just look like an absolute brick wall. Like there were bright sides on this team. Uh, Emerson year two continued everything that he was doing. Looks like an elite corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And JOK, right? Delpit JOK. You could go down the list of good moments this season, despite thing that happened. And that's why this is going to be fun off season because I think. I think there's going to be a lot of changes that maybe a lot of people aren't going to look at. Um, you know, what happens with Jack Conklin? What happens with right. Jedrick Wills? Greg Newsome? Like, there's so many things, but it's yeah, going to be fun. It is because you're going into an offseason where you're building off of success. You're not building towards success. You know what I mean? Where we were 11 and 6 with and 25, 26 guys on IR starters. And it's, how do we get past this? And yet, there we were, you know, if just kind of looking at Joe Flacco, I just kind of pulled some numbers over his, his seven games, 62.9% completion percentage, 1,923 yards, 14 touchdowns, 10 picks and a fumble. And I looked at that. So it was, he was averaging 320.5 yards a game, which I told people over and over and over for weeks, this is not sustainable. This, I mean, everyone's saying, oh, give this guy a two-year deal. He needs to be the future, blah, blah, blah. Like 300 yards is not sustainable. So I, I was looking, no teams in the NFL even average close to 300 yards per game passing over the course of the season. They're like not even close. I think the Dolphins, to put in here, the Dolphins were the closest one at 265.5. That's what they averaged per game. So the 320 that Joe Flacco is throwing for, that was not sustainable over a full season. It's not sustainable for anybody. And we had a lot of problems on that offense. And, you know, I, I wanted to look at, I posted this on Twitter today. I was very curious. The Browns had 39 turnovers in 18 games, including the wild card game. And I'm like, 39 turnovers. That's a lot. That's a lot. That was by far easily the worst in the league. So I went through and I, I figured out where every one of those turnovers came from. So are you ready for the list? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, hit me. At the top of the list, we have Joe Flacco with 11. Like I said, 10 interceptions and one fumble in six games. After him, P.J. Walker had seven turnovers, five interceptions and two fumbles in three games. And as a side note, P.J. had one touchdown and five interceptions and two fumbles in three games. The fact that we even won two of those games blows my mind. And one of them being against team who might go on to win the Super Bowl, you know, in the 49ers. Like, sure. And the, and the other one, we were getting steamrolled, you know, on off by the Colts in their house. Mm-hmm. And wow, unreal. Absolutely unreal. Okay. So after, you know, PJ Walker, you've got Deshaun Watson had six turnovers. He had four interceptions and two fumbles in five games. Dorian Thompson Robinson, four interceptions in three games. And then after that, we've got Jeff Driscoll with two interceptions. David Njoku had two fumbles. Elijah Moore had two fumbles. And then Jerome Ford, Pierre Strong, Amari Cooper, James Prochet, and Harrison Bryant all had one fumble each. And that comes out to 39. That's crazy. That's, like, a, that's a nasty number, man. <laughs> so bad. The, 
the nitty gritty details of this season, like when you look at everything like that, it's like, how are the Browns 11 and six? Like, how did we go 11 and six, make it to the playoffs with all those turnovers, all these quarterbacks, all these injuries? Like, I know I've been critical of Kevin Stefanski's Blake, but like as a head coach, I, I don't know how people can have really doubt in him anymore. Like, Tell me, tell me who can take this situation and everything that happened and turn it into eleven and six and playoffs. Like, how do you do it? I don't know, and I've I've said that to a lot of people. I said I, I'm convinced until I actually see it happen. I don't believe there's any other coach right now, any other team that would have been able to overcome all that this season. No. I, I just who, how, you know? I mean, yeah, I don't know. So it was. It was crazy. Um, any other thoughts on the season as a whole, or can I throw a Joe Flacco question at you? I uh, just want to say this on the season. You know, one of the things I said was enjoy it while it was here. And, uh, you know, we got to see some really good, fun Cleveland Browns football this season. And yes. who knows what it's going to look like next year. Obviously, guys become available that you don't think are going to become available. And, this team next year might look a lot different than this team this year, but just in terms of memories, like I had, I had a fun, fun year as a Browns fan, going to games, seeing this team in person, despite all the crap, it was, it was really fun. But you know, and that kind of that's what Justin said the other night, and I thought it was pretty spot on. He said, you know, in the moment watching that game, you know, you're pissed off, you're mad, you're you're upset, you're disgusted, you're embarrassed, but what it all really boils down to at the end of the day is just bummed that it's over because it was such yeah. a fun ride and we just we weren't ready for it to end you know mm-hmm. just wanted to keep it going because really it was an incredible season and fun just was fun dude i thought that magic was gonna roll into baltimore i really did i thought it was gonna be joe flacco versus Evans in baltimore but oh well no nope. we, we don't get that story so you know but you know as as ohio state fans you know i know you just beat us but you, you, I, I always like to see Buckeyes have success in the NFL, and you know, CJ Stroud's a good kid. They said he's the youngest quarterback to ever win a playoff game. He's just 22 years old. I mean, he's one hell of a leader. He's he's going to be in this league for a long time doing big things. So we will see Wish more of yeah. CJ Stroud. Yeah, Wish that's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Because yet another great quarterback in our division or our conference. Yeah, we're. Yeah. I feel like they're all in the AFC. Everybody. Oh, everybody. And then Aaron Rodgers last year jumps over to the AFC and he don't even play. Yeah. Like, (laughs) it's crazy. I don't know. This episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Browns fans, if you missed out on the 50% site-wide sale at Omaha Steaks, guys, what were you thinking? Come on, the deal of a lifetime just slipped you by. All kidding aside, luckily for all the listeners of this show for a limited time, you can now go to omahasteaks.com slash dogs, D-A-W-G-S, and you'll receive four free air-chilled boneless chicken breasts and four free, rich, juicy, boneless pork chops with your order. So now's the perfect time to go load up for the winter with Omaha's selection of steaks, including butcher's cut filet mignons, bacon-wrapped filet mignons, the top sirloin steaks, which are my favorite, but man, I got to tell you guys, those bacon-wrapped filets, those are something else. Throw in some Omaha steak burgers, jumbo franks, seafood, ready-to-eat meals, desserts, whatever you want. 
Just make sure you go to omahasteaks.com slash dogs so you can get those eight additional free items added to your order. The four boneless chicken breasts and the four pork chops. Believe me, I've tried them all. I've got the chicken and pork chops in my freezer right now. The pork chops are actually reserved for my solo dinners because my fiance doesn't eat pork. So, you know, when she's working, it's pork chop time for Josh. And they're so juicy and tender, they practically fall apart. I seriously don't know how long this offer is going to be available because Omaha said it won't last long. But just go to omahasteaks.com slash dogs, D-A-W-G-S, and score those eight free additional items with your order. Minimum purchase may apply. Okay, so we'll just kind of wrap it up with a quick Joe Flacco discussion, and I'll just throw you the question. At this point in time, and I'm not going to hold you to it because I'll tell you right now before I tell you my answer, I've already switched my opinion on this in the past week. Do you think the Browns should at least try to sign Joe Flacco to a backup role next year? Um, I do not for a couple of reasons. I think that... Whether if the fan base likes it or not, whether if, you know people in the media like it or not, Deshaun Watson is a quarterback. That, that's just what it's going to be. I think this is his make or break year. This is you know Baker Mayfield's twenty twenty one season is Deshaun Watson's twenty twenty four season, where it's like okay, we need to see consistency. We need to figure out what you are because if you're not what we think you are, we got to start looking elsewhere. That's just what it is. Deshaun Watson has played in twelve games in two years and. You know, the first year was obviously due to suspension, but that's a problem. And to me, I don't want to go into this season with, you know, this giant number 15 Super Bowl MVP behind the guy who's supposed to be your starter, Um, you know, because you know how the media is. It's going to be Deshaun struggles. Hey, Flacco, when's Flacco coming in? And for me, I think it's more beneficial to just not have him there and that's not Joe Flacco's that's not Deshaun Watson's fault I just think it would be better to not have that situation and also DTR DTR I feel like showed some signs of promise when he did play obviously there's a lot of mistakes but that kid's got talent and you just gotta trust and believe that he can develop which I think he can and I think he will be fine as the backup quarterback um, so I, I wouldn't be willing to spend the money it would take to keep Flacco and just because, you know, I don't I don't necessarily think we need it, which is tough to say after we just went through five. Um, but but I think it's just more of, of a distraction than, you know, beneficial, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, and and I that I agree with everything you just said because that was my viewpoint originally was we don't we can't go down that path you know initially i was like you was like joe thank you thank you for coming in saving our season salvaging whatever scraps we had left and getting us to the playoffs but uh we kind of all know what this is you know it's like a one night stand kind of thing like we know what this is (laughs) and um you know the the last few days i've been thinking about it and Of course, this might change again, but at the moment, I've kind of flipped my stance on that because like you, I was very concerned that the second, you know, the ink meets the paper with Joe Flacco and the Browns, half the fan base, anybody who doesn't like Deshaun Watson is going to say, we need Flacco. Flacco needs to be the starter and they're going to be calling for him. And I thought we just need to avoid that at all costs, kind of like you said. And then I realized that, well, they were doing that with DTR in the preseason last year. And even if DTR is the backup entering next year, 
they're going to do it with him anyway. They're going to say, oh, DTR should probably be the starter. You know, Deshaun sucks. He's trash. He's no good. I mean, I hear it all. So it doesn't really matter. The more I thought about it, like whoever we signed to be the backup, whoever is the backup, that person's going to get called for by the by that portion of the fan base. Now I understand what you're saying about the media and everything, and that's a whole nother issue. But you know, as long as Joe Flacco would understand that he's in a backup role and that he's he's that's what he wants. He wants to sign here because, like you said, Deshaun Watson's the starter. Like no questions, no debate. You, whether you like him, hate him, whatever, he is the starter. So if Joe Flacco signs, he's like, yeah, I'm cool with being the backup. That's what I want to do. He signs that kind of a deal and it works out financially and everything. Internally, I don't see a problem. These guys are professionals. I think Deshaun Watson is a different mentality kind of quarterback than a guy like Baker Mayfield who would probably take that as a slight on him. And I think Joe Flacco is a good enough, you know, a mature professional quarterback who understands this is my role. This is what I'm going to do. And Internally, I don't see a problem. So, God forbid anything would happen to Deshaun again. You know, at least we know the guy coming in after him is Joe Flacco and not, you know, insert below average journeyman shit show name here because there's so many of those floating around. And even if it was DTR, like Joe Flacco's shown that he can step in and carry the offense in Cleveland with Kevin Stefanski. So, there would be that sense of security going into the season. So I don't know. That's sort of where I'm at now is the fans that don't want Deshaun are, are going to want whoever's back there. So yeah, if we ever get um, to the point where we need a backup, man. Yeah. But he, here's here's the last thing I'll say on it. I'm not sure we're even going to have the option because I think Joe Flacco might just be like, hey, I one last run. That's what he did. And it just so happened that it ended in the first round of the post. But you look at where Flacco's been the last few years, um, hasn't done anything of worth at all. Right. Like the Jets, um, I want to see, he was on the Broncos and like it just nothing. Like his career since leaving Baltimore has been little to nothing. And at his age, you know, like the story has been written many times. He was sitting on his couch, got the call to Cleveland practice squad and then took us to the playoffs like that is the story but um you know for Flacco would you rather just go out like this would you rather just go out uh taking a team that was decimated with injuries a team that used to be your division rival to the playoffs or would you come back for a year sit the bench whether for me or somewhere else like why wouldn't Joe Flacco just be done you know that's the if I'm Joe Flacco and I have my Super Bowl. I have Super Bowl MVP. I have, um, you know, one last ride going to the playoffs and kind of showing, hey, yes, I am a good quarterback. Personally, I'm done. Like, I, I would just be like, I'm out, you know, thankful well, for the opportunity. He's 39. Yes. He just turned 39 the other day. So yeah. he's, he's no spring chicken. Uh, I forget. There was a graphic I saw on, uh, I think it was during the game, and it was, quarterbacks age 38 and older that are actually still in the NFL and I think it was Aaron Rodgers yeah yeah so I mean I don't know if I'm Flacco I'm done like I hate to say that but I I I just think at this point it's a non-story as much as I hate to say it like it's it's obviously a story because of what he did for us but at the same time for him per is he planning on spending another three years in the NFL but not um, 
you know, he got the taste of being at home with his family. Can't imagine that he would want to, you know, push that back to go play third string, second string for the Buccaneers. Like that, it's just not happening. Yeah, so, I don't. You're right, and you're talking, you know, training camp and preseason, and you know, it's a long, it's a long grind for these NFL players, and you know, their their bodies aren't the only thing that limit them from being able to do it past a certain age, you know. When you're a young man in your 20s, that kind of lifestyle works. You know, not not just take just take the the body thing out of it. Like that kind of lifestyle works. But when you're older and you have a family, and then you throw on top of oh, my body can't really take this grueling beating all the time. That yeah, it's pretty easy to say. I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Mm-hmm. So I think you're right. I I wouldn't be surprised to see that he's hanging it up. I wouldn't be surprised to see him come back and say I want to I wanted to see if I can get a starting job. Like he's a competitor. I. We saw with Tom Brady, some guys are just built different. So whatever, honestly, whatever happens to Joe Flacco, I'm not going to be like, oh, I didn't see that coming. I think I could see all these paths playing out for him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 going to be interesting. I just think from, I mean, you saw it with the whole moving on from Baker and Deshaun, and it's just constant, constant cycle of BS and at some point, the only way that's going to stop is if Deshaun Watson comes out and just plays how he's supposed to. Like, that's it. And stays healthy. Those two things. And the only way you're going to get that is if you have he has his, has the opportunity to do that. So, I don't think he can get the opportunity to do that if he's constantly dealing with questions. Um, You know, that's just my opinion. But We'll see. I mean, and also like like you mentioned, DTR came out in the preseason and looked like he was a great NFL starter. So you know these things happen. But Cleveland media and media elsewhere a little bit different, unfortunately. But mm-hmm. it is what it is. Not much we can do about it at the moment. Nope, not much we can do except just make our own content. Screw those guys. We'll there you go. It really is so. <laughs> keep listening to the Dogs podcast. We've got so much coming in this off season. So. I just want to say real quick before we wrap it up with Derek here, you know, we ramped up the content last off season heading into 2023 and we're going to do it even more this year. There's going to be more stuff coming out multiple shows a week. You're going to see more stuff from Derek, more stuff for some other guys. And maybe, and maybe I shouldn't throw this out there just yet, but there might be a little, little sideshow called Blake's takes. I don't know. We'll see if that all comes. Oh, good to, Lord. We'll see if that all comes to fruition. Oh, God, that's Lord. in the works at the moment. So stay tuned to the channel. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. You don't want to miss any of the new stuff we're doing. Like the video. If you're listening on audio, thank you. We appreciate you. Please subscribe on all those platforms as well. And oh yeah, head to jointhedogs.com if you want to be a dog pack member, get in the discord, hang out with Derek and all the other people, the the growing community i mean it's it's really ramping up in there it's awesome and uh we're just having a ton of fun we do after hours bonus episodes every week and fancy football during the season it's just a lot of fun so a lot of stuff going on in there you don't want to miss any of it and derek just want to say thank you for jumping on here joining me today and giving some thoughts and opinions on the season and joe flacco and you know the news today and all that fun stuff man yep absolutely happy to be here and before i go i just want to say real fast since i have it next to me Shout out to the people at Cleveland Browns Stadium because when I was at the Jets game, I was freezing and <laughs> I got this thing filled with hot chocolate. And you want to take a guess how much this cost? Like just uh, really fast. 
Like with the hot chocolate? Yes. Uh, $20. Eight bucks. What? Yep. Eight bucks. Got me a nice little uh, travel browns mug. Got the helmet logo. Got brownie the elf. I was very happy with it. And I was not freezing because I got a nice piping hot cup of hot chocolate. So eight bucks? This was the eight bucks. Yep. Eight bucks. Oh, You're just giving this shit away, you. man. <laughs> shout out to you people at Cleveland Browns Stadium. You saved my life that night and I do for it, but, <laughs> but yeah. All right. Well, thank you to the people at Cleveland Brown Stadium. Thank you to Derek and thank you everybody watching and listening. We appreciate you and we will be back this week yet with more content coming your way. So stay tuned and go Browns. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com.